Welcome to the Outsourcing Pharma podcast, bringing you all the latest news, issues and opinions impacting the pharmaceutical outsourcing sector. I'm Gareth McDonald. This week we look at the participation of older people in clinical trials, which, according to the European Union's PREDICT project, needs to increase in line with the region's ageing population. Joining me today is Professor Peter Crome of Keele University in the UK to give an overview of the project and the new patient protection chart of the group launched last week. Professor Crome, the PREDICT project is designed to boost the participation of older people in trials in Europe. Why is there this need? For a long time, um, physicians who specialise in the treatment of older people have been concerned about the lack of evidence that there is for the effectiveness and safety of medications that are prescribed for younger people when they are applied when they're used in, in older age group. And that is because many of the clinical trials that have been conducted have not included as many older people as they perhaps could have done. Uh, and perhaps even worse, many of the trials have deliberately excluded older people from participation. Okay, so you're saying there that exclusion may be one of the factors. Do other things such as... Um you know, other recruitment factors or the way trials are publicised, does that have an effect on the amount of older people that are participating? Well, I think the it's a complicated area, but I, I guess practically every stage of the design and context of a clinical trial can be influenced by, uh, in a way that reduces the recruitment of older people. If you like, first of all, the sponsors will have to think about how are we going to attract older people into the into the trial. If they use a uh, clinical investigator, is this a clinical investigator who has ready access to older people who might be willing to take part? If they go to the ethics committee, does the ethics committee insist that there are uh, anti-discrimination clauses contained within the protocol? Then you have, if it's a trial in secondary care, you may have to have the issue of does the primary care physician refer the patient to that centre for inclusion in the trial? And then, if you like, there are the patient and carer attitudes towards clinical trials, uh, which may be negative and uh, may require some extra information to enable them to take part. Okay, so with that in mind, last week your group launched a charter focused on the rights of the older trial participant. What are some of the recommendations you make? Well, I guess the the focus of the charter that we produced was on the rights of older people in relation to clinical trials, and there are two main rights that we would like to emphasize. First of all, the right of older people, as with all people, have the right to access to evidence-based treatments. That is to say, when an older person goes to their physician uh, to seek advice about the treatment of a condition, that the physician is armed with the same amount of information as there would be for a younger patient so that they can advise the older person uh, about the effectiveness and safety of the drug and so that the older person themselves can make an informed decision about whether they want to have it. So that's one right. The second right is the right of older people themselves to take part in clinical trials, that it is the right of people who um, have have a condition to have potentially access to the latest treatments and to take part in the research which might either improve the benefit from themselves or might improve the health of older people once the results of that study have been um, finalised. What role do drug makers and indeed contract research organisations have in making sure that more old people uh, take part in clinical research in Europe? 
Well, I think they need to, well, first of all, they need to, as I've mentioned already, they need to think about older people. They need to think about older people who, who commonly have other conditions, or what we call multiple morbidity, and are frequently excluded from clinical trials because of that. People who are taking multiple drugs, and again, people may be excluded from trials, sometimes legitimately and sometimes not. So that's what they need to do. The second thing they need to think about, I think, is actual practical difficulties uh, of taking part in the trial and whether there are any ways of making things easier. For example, do people need to attend the hospital uh, for follow-up on as many occasions as they do at the moment? Many of the trials that we ask uh, our patients to take part in are quite I was going to say labor-intensive, the labor-intensive for the investigators, but they're time-intensive for uh, patients. And uh, we seem to base the assumption that older people's time is perhaps not so uh, valuable as they're not in um, economic activity, they're not working. But we need to think about making things easier. And, that, for example, follow-up at home, telephone follow-up uh, might be things that could be considered. Professor Crome, thank you very much for sharing those insights. For more stories affecting the pharmaceutical outsourcing sector, please visit outsourcingpharma.com.